I was a uh, practicing clinician working in a home health agency model. I wasn't allowed to dose my patients as per best practice guidelines. So I said, there's gotta be a way to do this better. My, my grandmother and my grandfather, I started seeing them going in and out of long-term care. It started personal seeing the sick side of 80, and now it's been exciting to be part of Fox. Light bulb moment, like that's a complete game changer. You can see what we can do as a practice and as treating clinicians to really make 80, 85 look so much different than it did back that long ago. And boil it down into one say, it's quite simply this, it's be stronger, live better longer. Welcome to Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast, the podcast dedicated to clinicians who work with older adults. My name is Jim Shear, and today it's the season finale of the Live Better Longer podcast. Yep. Last podcast episode of 2023. And I always go back to Sister Peggy Fanning's advice. So I started a youth group back in the early 2000s, and I reported to Sister Peggy Fanning. And I remember we started in the fall, we went through the winter, we did the spring, and then when summer came, I was still doing this high school youth group. And Sister Peggy pulled me aside, and she said, here's some advice for you, some advice that you should follow in life. It's always good to take a break. It makes all the sense in the world. So we would break during the summer and we would start back up in the fall. So per Sister Peggy's advice, we're going to take a break and the Live Better Longer podcast will return in early 2024. And you know, when we're off, if you listen regularly, and by the way, if you do listen to this podcast regularly, thank you. We appreciate it. You know, enjoy time with friends and family, or even enjoy some time by yourself. If, if your friends and family are driving you nuts, just enjoy some time by yourself. And then also use this break to catch up on episodes that you might have missed throughout the year. All right, so a lot going on on today's episode of the Live Better Longer podcast. I'm going to be joined by Maureen Kolkett and Anne Moranchek, who recently attended the American Speech-Language Hearing Association Convention in Boston. They're going to recap that. We'll talk about the holidays. But before we do all of that, I am joined on the line by Fox Rehabilitation Physical Therapist, Caitlin McGeary. Caitlin, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jim. How are you? I am great. And I love this because being the clinically excellent Fox clinician that you are, of course, you are driving on your way to a house call. Very appropriate. I sure am. <laughs> yes. Hopefully you can hear me okay. No, I can hear you. And I actually like doing this because we had a couple of times planned and one didn't necessarily work for me, but I thought, no, it'd be cool to speak to a Fox clinician on their way to a house call. Oh, yes. Multitasking. That's, <laughs> that's what you got to do. So, Caitlin, we sent you out on special assignment because you emailed me and you said, hey, I have a good podcast idea. What if we spoke with a patient about staying healthy during the holidays? And I said, you know what? That's a great idea. Caitlin, why don't you do the interview. 
Yeah, you gave me big shoes to fill, but <laughs> I did get to interview uh, one of my patients who has various comorbidities, diabetes, heart failure, uh, neuropathy, and so forth. And she, you know, is is pretty good about um, her health and sticking to things. So I thought she might be an influence for others. So the patient's name is Claire. And is there anything else we should know about the interview before we throw to the clip? I don't think. Have a great holiday season and try to stay well and healthy. All right. So here we go. Uh, this is the interview conducted by Caitlin McGarry speaking with her patient, Claire. All right, Claire, what are your favorite healthy snacks? My healthy snacks would be crackers with peanut butter on it or jelly, mm -hmm. uh, cheese. I like cream cheese on some. Okay. And I, but I watch the portions that I put on the crackers. I don't pile it up with that. And you? I also like to eat Butch's potato chips. Uh, okay. I have my son get me one ounce bags. One ounce bags. They're okay. one ounce bags. Yeah. And I only eat about half of that. Okay. At one time, I don't want to eat it all. So you can still have things that you like to eat. Yes. Just in smaller quantities. I, I, I like the smaller quantities because if I get a big bag of potato chips and oh, I'm watching yeah. television, I'll just keep eating and eating and eating. Sure. I overeat. My stomach bothers me. Mm -hmm. And then I end up, one of my problems act, starts acting up. Yeah. And want to add, you, you mentioned about putting peanut butter or cheese or things like that. Any kind of protein that you're pairing with that carbohydrate, that's you know, you're getting some nutritional value out of it as well. So that's great. Sometimes I'll just take a piece of lunch meat and a, and a slice of cheese and just eat it yeah. without bread. I, I, I avoid bread. Yes. And that type biscuits and stuff as much as I can. And Claire, if you had to offer some advice for your fellow residents um, around the holidays to stay well, what would you tell them? Well... Due to all the problems over the winter with people getting sick, I would recommend it if when they don't feel good, stay in their apartments. Mm -hmm. If they come out amongst the community, they can pass on whatever they have onto somebody else, especially with COVID, flu, and RSV being yes. among them. And, you know, wash your hands. That's a huge one. Washing hands. Wash, wash, wash your hands all the time. And what about keeping your appointments? You know, people might think, oh, I'm too busy. I can't go to my, you know, doctor's appointment. If the doctor wants to see you, you need to go. Yes. Staying there's, there's compliant. There's a reason the doctor is saying. With your doctor you visits. Come. If you need to change the appointment because the time doesn't suit you, get one as soon as you can. Don't wait and say, oh, I can wait two, three months. Sure. And then go, no, go right away. And you mentioned about your vaccines, that you've kept up with those. Of course, check with your doctor about which vaccines you need, but that, that would be I, I helpful and keeping healthy, too. I already did that. Yep. I, I did that before I decided I was going to make an appointment to get the vaccines. Perfect. My doctors agreed that I needed them. Could you tell me, in your senior living community, what opportunities are there for exercise or other physical activity? And how do you stay compliant with keeping up with your exercise? They have different things they offer here, um, half-hour exercise every morning mm -hmm. in front of a TV set. Mm -hmm. They play games mm -hmm. that, like a certain type of volleyball, volleyball? Uh -huh. and that. 
that are helpful for exercising. Uh-huh. I prefer walking. Uh-huh. Walk, oh, walking Walk, great. Walking is better for me. Mm-hmm. Sitting on a chair, I can play volleyball. I can jump up and then I would probably fall. I have to watch that and I also am on oxygen and I get exercise-induced asthma. So I also have to watch that. Walking, I can walk at my own pace and I feel I get enough exercises. I also sit in a chair and use weights for my arms. Okay, good, good. And that, and I have what they, is a brain, shaped like a little brain and an egg. I put them in my hand. And I can squeeze them for your while grip I'm strength. watching television. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I need to keep my fingers moving. So you you kind of incorporate exercise into your day and what yes. you're doing. You know, during a commercial, you mm-hmm. grab that brain or that ball and work on your strength. There are times also that while I'm sitting there waiting on a commercial, I'll, I'll sit, be sitting down marching, mm-hmm. moving, moving my feet constantly. Yeah. That's great. So I'm always moving something. Yeah. And I know sometimes I tell patients, you know, link your exercise. You know, I give them homework to do as as a therapist. And I say, link it to something you do every day. You know, brushing your teeth. Okay, you know, after you brush your teeth, you better do some of your exercises. Mm-hmm. Claire, tell us, how do you navigate your various health issues when choosing meals in the dining room? I pick out what is I feel is best. Today I had a salad. I ask for small portions. Okay. I only eat what I feel I can eat. Uh-huh. I don't want to eat more that is going to make me sick. Right. So I, I, I know when to stop because I'm eating and eating, and then I'm taking longer for it to swallow, and then I say to myself, I think that's enough to eat for now. Yeah. You, you can't eat anymore. So what you're telling me is you do a lot of planning ahead of time. I have to, to manage and, you know, pick what you want to eat and what you can eat. All right, Claire. Well, how, how do you personally navigate the holidays with all these treats? You know, you go here, you go there. There's cookies. There's this. There's that. What do you do? I would take something, some of my sugar-free cookies. Mm-hmm. May, might take one or two of those along with my drink. Okay. Along because I don't drink soda. I love soda, but I I cut it out. Mm-hmm. A lot of sugar. I would take my own food. If my blood sugar was low and I knew it, I would eat a small piece of cake uh-huh. or a small cookie. I've just made myself do this, but I'm not going to eat a lot of sweets because the more sweets, the more insulin and the more I get sick. Mm-hmm. And it's just not healthy. I want to get my weight down a little bit more. Sure. And I don't want it to spike up to what it used to be when I had was weighed over 200 pounds. I feel a lot better. And Claire, you know, the holidays can be stressful for many different reasons. You know, everyone has, you know, their own stress. But how, what are some tips you could share about how you deal with stress, especially during this time? One thing I, I like to do is put Legos together. Uh-huh. If I get stressed out with that, like I can't find a part that I need or I can't get this together if I feel too frustrated, then I'll go on. I, I like adult coloring books. Okay. But great. I like to spend, I can spend two hours on that. 
Wonderful. And that helps you to kind of de-stress. Yes. In fact, every night when I'm done eating and I go up to my room, if I'm not going out anywhere, I get ready for bed and everything. And then I sit down, turn the TV on, and sit there for two to three hours just coloring a picture with pencils. And everyone's different, but, you know, exercise is helpful. Laughing. Yeah. I have to watch my laughter because of having exercise-induced asthma. If I laugh too much and too hard, I can throw myself into an asthmatic attack. Okay, that's good. good So I never thought of that. I just have to watch and say, when people laugh, I just have to say, stay low on the laughter. What about meditation? I play music. I have music in my room. And uh, I will play those, especially over the holidays. Mm And I like to sing, but I really can't sing. Singing, okay, singing. How I don't have it. I don't have for some people. I don't have enough breath to sing, but I like to kind of move my lips along with the words and stuff, and that make that distresses me a lot. I have one final question for you. Do you have anyone in your life who helps you to stay accountable, or who you kind of talk with, or? You know, maybe they point out, oh, now that might not be the best idea. I'm thankful to have two people. Okay. My son, Keith, and my daughter-in-law, Cammie. I send them my grocery list. They get me groceries. Okay. If I put something on there that has a lot of sugar in it and that, they turn around and they won't buy it. They keep track on, on what I eat and everything. Good. And sometimes I went candy just to bunch on once in a while and my son says you don't need candy i said well they're sugar-free he said yeah but you still don't need a lot of sugar-free candy so i have to watch that when i have it and what i do is it's my chocolate kick i will eat one small piece a day boy i'd be really reaching in there to get another one or two I know. And one day I told my son, I'm having trouble with drinking soda, but I love Dr. Pepper. And I told him that if I put it down on my grocery list, don't get it. And he turns around and says, well, if you don't want it, don't put it down. (laughs) So I told him that's just something that I do without thinking about it. Well, it's great to have a buddy. So I would say, you know, find someone during this holiday season to help make you accountable for whatever exercise, your eating habits, um, meditation, staying well, mm-hmm. taking you to your appointments. Over the holidays, my main thing is the snacks that I eat. I have to continue the regular ones, not go all out for the special holiday stuff. No liquor. I haven't had liquor probably for 30 years, Yeah. but no, no liquor, not even a taste Okay. because of the medication I take sure. says don't use alcohol. Yeah. Another good tip. So no alcohol. Claire, I really appreciate you joining me today, sharing, you know, your successes um, and tips and tricks for others during this holiday. Thanks for coming and talking with us. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed this. All right, Caitlin, well done. Well, thank you, Jim, and I hope everyone can take something away from that. And we really want to thank Claire for all her help. Uh, I like that she said, 
You want to have an accountability partner, especially during the holidays. Oh, yes, for sure. You must. That'll help keep you healthy. Don't go all out. Just pace yourself, you know, one day at a time and keeping healthy and keeping your diet in mind and exercise. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Pace yourself. I, I don't right. like the other side of the argument where like, don't do anything. Like, don't have fun during the holidays. You got to have fun during the holidays. <laughs> yes, you got to enjoy it. Yeah, and you got to cheat a little bit. But like you said, pace yourself and don't go all out. Don't be 100% glutton during the holidays. Exactly. Yes. And then too, what I like, Caitlin, is that she says no liquor. Claire hasn't yeah. had liquor in 30 no. years. And it's very important because she says... Liquor does not mix well with medication. No. So you really want to be careful about about liquor and your medicine because oh, things can happen. You know, you right. might not feel well, falls. I mean, too many things. But I really like that she's aware of that and that she makes sure not to have any alcohol, especially since she's on medication. Yes. And like I said, she's she's a wonderful patient and lovely person and She's she's great. Now, Caitlin, will Claire listen to this podcast? I hope she does. I really do. Okay. <laughs> like, does she have does she have a computer? Or a she does smart have device? a computer. Okay. She has a computer, but not a a smartphone. I'm not sure. That's fine. She's on social media, but um, I'm sure her son will help her. Okay. Well, she all she it. needs is that computer. We'll send her the link, and then she can listen okay. to this. Oh, wonderful. She'll love it. Yeah, so Claire, if you make it to that point where you're listening to this podcast episode, thank you for taking the time to speak with Caitlin. Thanks, Claire. And thank you for having me, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Caitlin, before you go. Yes. Now, do, you, do you have an immediate house call like in the next 30 seconds? No, oh, no, okay. no. All, all, right, you, all right, all right. I was going to ask, what are you doing for the holidays? Since this is... Our season finale. This is this is oh, the last episode. This is our last wow. episode before the holidays. Wow. So it's almost kind of like our live better longer holiday special. So what will wow. you be doing during the holidays? Well, I am going to, of course, you know, take some time to celebrate, eat my cookies, my treats, but also um, oh, wait, 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 wait. going to the gym. Okay, I well, mean, that, I've got to keep up with my fitness. All right. Before we before we go to the gym, let's talk about cookies. What are some of your favorite cookie recipes? Well, we we enjoy making different pizzelles. Um, nice. My favorite, my influence was the dark chocolate pizzelle. Ooh. So, okay. Yes. Yes. And, you know, we make the classic ones with the anise and lemon. Um, so those are our, our big cookies. Those are also a, a fragile cookie. They are. You have to be careful and stack <laughs> them and store them um, very carefully. Do you do you travel with those? We do. We do travel back to the Berg with those cookies and distribute them. So that'll be that's always a challenge. Right, so what, what is Caitlin McGeary's tip on how to keep those safe during a three and a half hour car ride? Well. You know, you just have to have the right container. Make sure it's airtight. <laughs> you know, it's a nice cylindrical container to hold them. <laughs> Some people like the tins, plastic. Uh, either one is fine. So you are going back to the Berg for the holidays? Yes, I think we're heading back for New Year's. For New Year's, okay. What do you do for New Year's? Hanging out with friends, family. We usually make a nice meal. A specific cocktail to match the meal. Nice. Um, sometimes we do fondue, an 
don't know nice. if you've ever done that, but that's a lot of fun. Do you do the and, cheese uh, cheese or chocolate fondue? Both. Ah, oh, nice. both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then dinner-wise, do you have a tradition or do you make something different every year? Um, no specific tradition. So, something different every year. But on New Year's Day, um, I do make spatzel. It's a tradition, German tradition passed down through my family. So. Uh, can you can like you break do. down what spatzel is? Oh sure, it's like it's like a tiny little noodle. You fry it up with butter and salt, pepper. It's delicious. All right, like a Claire but- probably uh- wouldn't approve of it, but <laughs> it's delicious. <laughs> Sp- so it's like a, a butter noodle dish. Yes. No sauerkraut in there. You know, I'm not a sauerkraut fan. Okay. So All right. No, you could. You you definitely could. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also said before I cut you off, you said you're going to exercise during the holidays. So, yes. Caitlin, I want to ask you something. I always want to exercise over the holidays. Like I'll go to Pittsburgh too. We usually go for 4 to 5 to 6 days. Sure. I bring my running shoes, I bring my workout gear, and I'll work out once and that's mm-hmm. it. So how gotta- maybe maybe you're the same or maybe you are consistent with your workouts over the holidays, but how do you do it without giving up? Because it's really easy to give up during the holidays. It sure is. And again, I think going back to that accountability person. So, you know, maybe one of your family members, hey, you know, your brother or sister, hey, let's go and, you know, take this yoga class or let's go and take a run through, you know, Shenley Park or whatever you want to do. Ah, I like this. Yeah, you gotta if, make it like a family oriented or a friend, you know, oh, I'm gonna meet my friend from ten years ago. Let's go and exercise or do something like that. Together. I like that. And another thing too, like I'm almost I'm inspired by Claire right now. So Claire, if you're listening, thank you. Because she said, Don't go all out. So part of Don't you go all out. part of you going no. into the holiday trip, you say to yourself, I'm gonna exercise every single day. That's not realistic. No, not no, realistic. Not realistic. But if I Maybe if I go days. yeah like if I can exercise two or three days and have my brother run yeah. with me like that is realistic. Exactly. All that's, right. That's the best. Caitlin, one more question before you go. And sure. You can invoice me for this. <laughs> long car rides. My back is shot after a long car ride. So oh, sure. any any tips on how to limber up my back after a long car ride? You being a physical therapist. Yeah. Well, first I would ask you, do you have some kind of support cushion for your back while I do. you're driving? I Lumbar do. Support. I do. Okay, great. That's a great starting point. Um, I'd encourage you to get out every couple hours, every two hours, do some of your back stretches um, and just get out, walk a little bit, get the blood pumping in the legs and... And or, you know, make sure you're shifting in your seat a little bit. Just change in position. But yeah, car rides are tough. Maybe put on that that heat heat warmer if you have it in your seat for your back. But yeah, it's tough. Caitlin, you're you're a genius because my ride is probably six and a half to seven hours. And I try to conquer that in two clips. Like I'll drive three, get gas and go three and a half and then I'm home. I don't think of stopping every couple of hours. So I'm going to, I may use that technique uh, during this holiday season. 
try it out. See if you can talk to, you know, a therapist. Maybe there's a taping, something they could do or some other different exercises um, specific for your needs. Okay. Well, thank you, Caitlin. I appreciate it. And thank you for taking the time to interview Claire. Yes, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having us. So happy holidays to you. Safe travels to you. All the best in 2024. And may those cookies not crack on your way to Western PA. (laughs) Thank you. And happy holidays to everyone around. So with that, let us take a quick break. And when we come back on the Live Better Longer podcast, I will be joined by Fox Rehabilitation speech language pathologists, Maureen Colkitt and Anne Moranchik. All right. So as we take our last break of the season, our last break of the year, just want to remind you, and we talked about this couple weeks ago on the Live Better Longer podcast, Dr. Carol B. Lewis and Fox Rehabilitation's Dr. Aaron Baldridge, they are hosting the webinar, Decrease Your Workload and Still Give Great Care. I mean, it says it all in the title, Decrease Your Workload. Who doesn't want to do that and still, and still give great care? So it is happening this weekend, if you are listening to the podcast in real time, this weekend, Saturday, December 9th, happening from 12 to 3 p.m. East. You get three contact hours, and I'm going to save you $10 right now if you use the code WEBINAR10, that is WEBINAR10. So if you would like to register for this webinar, once again called Decrease Your Workload and Still Give Great Care, go to greatseminarsandbooks.com. All right, we are back on Fox Rehabilitation's Live Better Longer podcast. As promised, I am now joined by not one, but two Fox Rehabilitation speech-language pathologists, Maureen Colkitt and Anne Moranchik. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jim. Pleasure to be here, Jim. I should say welcome back to Maureen because this is her third appearance on the Live Better Longer podcast. And this is your first. It is. You're, yeah. you're slacking. Come on. I, somebody's got to start somewhere. So, you know. <laughs> That's right. Maybe and it's not like I didn't write a blog before. So. <laughs> there you and go. who knows? Maybe by the end of 2024, you will have appeared on six different episodes of the Live Better Longer podcast. It's very likely. <laughs> once, I, once I get a bite of the fever, forget it. Put me in front of a camera and let me go. Yeah, Anne's a performer. Yeah. So um, there's, a, there's a theme to this episode. Uh, <laughs> theme one, holidays. Uh, theme two, I'm putting Fox clinicians to work. So in the first half of this podcast, I had Fox PT Caitlin McGeary interview a patient. And now I'm going to have you two Recap the ASHA convention, which happened recently in Boston. Yes, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, before we begin, just for those that don't know, ASHA stands for American Speech Language Hearing Association. They hold an annual convention. This year, it was held in Boston. And I would like the both of you to break it down. What did you learn? What's going on in the world of speech, language, and hearing? And then what did you do for fun? 
Oh, come on. Yeah, let's start with the fun stuff. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, tell tell how it all came to be first. Like, I think it's cool how we got together to do this because I we know. didn't plan well, it. It was a total no-brainer for me to go because I did my graduate work in Boston. And when I saw that the Ash Convention was going to be in Boston again, I was like, this is awesome. I also had frequent flyer miles. So that was another, another <laughs> good thing. <laughs> did you know Maureen uh, before the convention? No. So Whoa. what happened is I reached out to John Ross, our fearless speech therapy uh, leader. Yes. And uh, and I said, hey, John Ross, is Fox going to have a contingent there? Is anybody going to be there? He's like, not in an official manner, but there's this one really cool speech therapist who works outside of Philly and she's going. So let me connect you to the rest. <laughs> was like so it fell in so easily it's like uh you know it was like pumpkin pie and whipped cream it was <laughs> like <laughs> we just know, it, it. We're like yes i'm going okay great i have a hotel good see you there meet you here and and uh and, and everything fell together I know when we get to the convention, I was like down on the convention floor, which is just crazy. And I hadn't been to one of these in a really long time. And the first time I met Anne, she, she was coming down an escalator <laughs> or was it staircase? It was probably steps. It was an escalator, it, I think. Was it was escalator. <laughs> and I'm like, there she is. Like she was like coming down the escalator to me. And we like hugged and long lost <laughs> friends. It was great. All right. So <laughs> the convention begins. Are you going to the same presentations? Do you split up? Do you decide which ones to go to together? We plan a lot on the fly. And we Asha has this app that they developed just for the convention, which was slightly overwhelming, but it was great because you could just search through everything. So we were kind of, it was like, which one are you going to? Which one are you going to? Okay, great. So we went to, I think it was two total together, actually, together. and maybe a couple yeah. of posters. Um, but we kind of just darted around, did our thing. And I mean, you had to like move <laughs> the huge convention center and other places. I don't know what the size of all the convention centers are, but this is a very big one. And um, so we just went to whichever talks we wanted and sat on two together. And one was like the end of the Thursday and we're both exhausted and we were kind of like, okay, we can do this. So it was good to be in solidarity for that last Thursday night talk. Um, and then we grabbed dinner together. Like, so we, we kept in touch. We were texting and doing all that kind of stuff. But um, a lot of learning to be had, that was for sure. I was going to ask, what did you learn? So there's a lot of a lot of courses available. And the tough thing is deciding which ones you want to go to. So I focused on things that I like in therapy and then areas I wanted to improve on. One of the biggest takeaways for me, there, was, um, there were multiple talks on cough training with patients with dysphagia as a form of airway protection. And you know, I'm not going to get into all the nitty gritty of the, the research and stuff right now, but I'm happy to, if anybody wanted to reach out to get research papers that were shared at the convention. Um, but essentially, there's a lot of new and exciting research that kind of can shift the game a little bit and how we approach patients. Um, so like a, a teaser of sorts is like maybe going through the modifications of diets that a lot of people don't like, you can avoid by strengthening up the cough to protect the airway better. So like that was one very huge, it's not a brand new concept, but there's a lot more research in that area, which is really cool and like, great for a patient quality of life. And I mean, like the next patient that I saw, I was like, hey, this is something that we're going to start doing because 
X, Y, Z, you know, and they're, they're like, great. Okay. And it, you know, you come back and say, I was just at the ASHA convention where I learned new research. You know, I think that's kind of empowering and a cool thing, whether you're a new clinician or a seasoned clinician, you know, you go and you learn new things and you tell your patients that they appreciate that. Another one, I, well, I had a chance to meet Sarah Barr and she's kind of like a big player in the SLP world. She has a great website called Honeycomb Speech Therapy. And she talks a lot about functional cognitive goals, functional rehab for patients with cognitive communication deficits. And so she was uh, highlighting in her talk using patient reported outcome measures. There's a lot of outcome measures where it's like a test and you give them a test and then there's a score. Um, but there's a little bit of a move more toward patient reported outcome measures. And she was even citing CMS and Medicare regulations that are looking at these as reportable and in a way to document and then justify further services. So it was a cool shift there. And she's just a, a great presenter and it was fun to meet her and chat with her. Everyone's so approachable and kind and everyone's there for good reasons. So it's, it's just a fun thing to learn from that person and then go say, hey, nice to meet you, you know? Yes. And I would hope she speaks of you the same way you speak of her. Because yeah, Maureen Colkin about... is a big player in the SLP oh. world, too. <laughs> well, thank you, Jim. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, she's like, oh, yeah, email me because I had some follow-up questions. She's like, email me and then we'll talk about that. So, Did you right. email her? I'm going to. No, you should. It was, like, no, it was keep keep I, that relationship going. It was Thanksgiving week. And this oh, week okay. is a get back week. I have okay. a plan. Don't okay. worry. <laughs> I know. I, should, I shouldn't doubt you. It's not like Maureen's a slacker and you're never going to email her. So I'm, I'm sorry that no. I doubted you. No, no, it's fine. It's a good question. You ask great questions, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anne, what did you learn at ASHA 2023? My big takeaway was that speech therapists belong in the bathroom with their patients. So that might seem a little weird, but uh, there was a session actually called SLP <laughs> in the bathroom. And I thought this was a great kind of capsule of everything that we need to do as speech therapists with an adult older population. Um, it's because it's all about communication. And this uh, presenter was was fabulous and funny. And like Maureen and I, you know, often complain, we don't just want to go into a session where someone is reading a cue card to us. We know how to read. And so this uh, presenter, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember her name, so shame on me. But uh, I, yes, like Maureen, I am reaching out to her. She <laughs> works in a similar setting as we do and brought her experience of how to make the connection with the patient who's having trouble in one of the most dangerous rooms in uh, a house or an assisted living. Um, and it's all about communication. So she really highlighted what we see all the time and cringe at where aides and staffers at assisted livings will say, oh, I'm not going in there with her. She's going to grab at me. She's going to yell. She's going to, or he's going to, you know, fight with me about going into the bathroom. And we say, well, go in there and talk to them. Even with advanced dementia, there's always a reason why this person is, quote, acting out, quote, being aggressive, right? So she helped 
reframe the conversation between you and that patient or you and that aide to say, no, they're not just acting out. They're grabbing your arm because they have balance issues. They're grabbing your arm because they have poor proprioception and they thought you were the grab bar. They're getting confused because you're talking too much at them and they're not going to remember 15 seconds later what you said. So they're trying to process and she laid it out uh, and it, and it made me feel kind of justified and not like I had to make excuses for why I was in the bathroom trying to help uh, a patient get ready for their shower. It was, it was awesome. You two did it right. And I like how you portion things off nicely and you didn't overdo it. Oh my God, you can't. One of the first things we said and one of the last things we said was, oh my God, this is so overwhelming. There's too much at a conference to go and try and take everything in. And so I wanted to make sure I made time for some fun and went to the Boston Tea Party exhibit and went to a museum with a graduate school friend of mine and had dinner. But I liked it. I liked it better than staying at the convention center hotels where you were only isolated mm-hmm. in that, in the one convention mode. So, uh, you know, we had a great dinner the first night. One of my favorite places, legal seafood plug, <laughs> because it's so iconic, uh, you know, seafood, Boston seafood kind of place. Yeah, um, that's where that we exchanged really- our life stories, I think, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we- <laughs> Barely scratching the surface. The cool thing is both of you walked away with new tools for your toolbox. Because I know a lot of people who will go into a convention and they try to absorb everything. They try to bite off more than they can chew. Or you'll go into it, you know, some people into an echo chamber where they, they just want to yes. go to the who already knew and, and, and identify with the researchers who are doing, which is one thing to expand on what you're already good at. But another one of the conferences I went to really emphasized how the connection between voice treatment and swallowing treatment are so connected. And they said, you know, by the end, the, the takeaway was, you voice specialists, please look into being swallow specialists as well. And you swallow specialists, learn about the voice and how it, wor- how it works because the two are so interconnected. And many of us know this, right? But, but especially those who come out of, you know, I came out of a singing background and, a, and use and training of the voice. So that was a, a connection that I made automatically and was kind of afraid to go into swallowing because, oh my God, you can't kill somebody with a voice treatment, but you know, with a swallowing treatment, you have to be careful. So, um, so I feel like that was a good reinforcement of stepping outside of my comfort zone to say, look, yes, I have to think of myself now, not just as a voice specialist, but as a swallow specialist too, because they're both so connected. And by the way, APTA is in Boston soon, right? Yes, in February. So I don't know. We, we're an interdisciplinary podcast here. So <laughs> the, P, the PTs who might be listening out there, uh, this is me encouraging you to go to APTA. Boston is a very cool city, but also to attend 
APTA, the big conference that happens. And to have a plan going in at least, you know, in terms of which talks you want to see, like Ann was saying, um, I, I based it off of presenters that I knew about and wanted to make sure I got to their talks as much as I could um, or just topic based. Um, but one of the coolest things that I, I can't uh, get off the podcast without mentioning, there was a fellow who spoke about his uh, right sided stroke that he had. And his name is Simon Barton. He's this British gentleman. And he gave, <clears throat> excuse me, he gave the most fantastic talk about going through this. And then there's a whole documentary that uh, a researcher out of North Carolina put together. So whenever that's available, uh, if we can share it somehow, I'll, I'll let other SLPs know. This woman, she's doing some pretty innovative stuff down at um, UNC. And she, like, she's trying to get a new ICD-10 code related to right-sided stroke, um, where there's a lot of um, lack of filter, to explain it easily. Um, so they're looking at a code for apragmatism. Um, and that's really important because it it hones what exactly you're trying to treat as a therapist um, with the very, very personal stories to go with it. And, and he was just, he was amazing, dynamic. You know, he still has a lot of physical struggles and he's kind of reined in his lack of filter, but uses comedy to get around it. And how does he, he talks about his wife a lot, kind of dealing with his lack of filter in different situations, but it was really cute. And, and that was a really important talk to go to. Maybe I didn't learn about the right sided stroke, but like, as you know, I love when we can get a patient on the podcast mm -hmm. because that just really brings it home, like really talking about quality of life and function. And um, and he's got a lot of books out. So if you look up Simon Barton, uh, B-A-R-T-O-N, he's written a couple of books and they're just, they're very cool. They're cute and funny. Uh, they, they almost look like it would be a children's book because he's done illustration with it. Uh, it's just so cool. Um, but yes, go to APTA in Boston. Do you know one who's, of my major um, points. Um, you know who's speaking at APTA I, Boston? I do. Our founder, yeah. Dr. Tim Fox. Yeah. So extra reasons to go. All right. So take us through your Boston adventures. What was on your hit list? First of all, where the convention is, is in the Seaport District. And uh, so already you're pretty much within walking distance of the North End, where all of the historic, uh, the North Church, you know, one if by land, two if by sea, Paul Revere's house and the old section of Boston. And it's also where you can get the best Italian food, some yes. people say, in the country. So <laughs> that's, no, uh, that's no small thing either. The way Boston takes its history as you know such such a almost a spiritual um uh, approach to to where they are uh, saving they've saved buildings they save streets they they mark things they have really wonderful presentations the uh, Boston Tea Party presentation was this multimedia with really good actors in period costumes taking you through the events of that day in a way that you, you can't just get from reading about it or whatever. It's, it's just, you're really there on authentic ships on in authentic language of the time, which as you know, speech therapists, we, we are always listening for, we're listening for the, 
way they talk, the way they communicated through, you know, secretly because a Boston Tea Party had to be secret. So how did they get the message out? You know, um, the other thing totally totally non sequitur that I got to go to was a live broadcast, which you'll appreciate, Tim, of uh, a radio show that I listened to out of Boston, uh, the Boston Public Radio. Um, and they broadcast live from the Boston Public Library on uh, two days a week, and one was on Friday. So I went down at lunchtime and sat in there, and they usually have live performers. Well, this that past Friday was a, an opera singer who sings at the Met and was doing a special program uh, in town and he performed live. And to be able to see an uh, extraordinary opera singer in the context of a speech and language convention, watching him breathe, watching him produce sound, watching his mouth move and, and how, and then not only that, but watching how the radio hosts cooperated and talked and exchanged information between sessions and during commercial breaks and, you know, all of it within the context of the speech convention kind of put a different spin on it. I was, yeah, my, my little uh, speech hat on while I was watching this go on and really saw the executive functioning, the, um, cognitive demands of this, the physical breathing and voicing demands of everything they were doing. So it was it was cool. So get out and do things besides the convention and see how it turns a new perspective on what you're learning and put it put it in the real world. This feels like uh, a commercial for CSM <laughs> upcoming. <Yeah>. C- <laughs> <laughs> and you're not you even go. PTs. <laughs> Imagine that speech therapists are uh, in their own right. Knowing, uh... <laughs> yeah, it was fun. You know, something funny about in Boston that, like, I, I had this fantastic tour of the state house, and people are just very happy to chat and answer your questions. And it was kind of like perfect timing. I just happened to walk in when the tour was going on, and beautiful architecture, amazing stories. And, and the whole bit. But there were a few people in Boston where it'd say, oh, where are you from? I say Philadelphia. And there's like this little pause. <laughs> and th- I don't have any feelings of rivalry towards Boston. And maybe it's more <laughs> sports related. But I was kind of surprised <laughs> by that. And nothing bad happened as a result. But I was kind of like, what's wrong with being from Philadelphia? <laughs> I didn't know if it was the history piece or just the sports piece or it's like a mixture everything. of both. I feel like both. It was like so yeah. fascinating yeah. though. It was, <laughs> it was fascinating, but I'm like, yes, I am from Philadelphia. <laughs> I can't change that. <laughs> Did any of you go to Mike's pastries? Not I took a picture. Time. The line, the line I was know. out the door. Cause the time when I went to the North end, I, the first two restaurants I tried, they were completely booked up. And then Mike's Pastry was booked up. But I did go to, there was uh, the first Roman Catholic church in New England. It's called St. Leonard's. And it was like a Friday night bopping. Like everybody's out. The, the market had just closed down. So it still smelled like oysters. And I was like, as soon as you turn the corner, I'm like, oh, there's the market. <laughs> uh, that was closing up for the day. It was, I don't know, it was co- getting close to seven o'clock. And um, 
just trying to find a place, stopped in off at the church. They had this beautiful garden with statues. I walked into the church, walked around, took some pictures, and they had a gift shop open. And there were these two older gentlemen who were working in the shop. And I'm like, wow, this is like really late on a Friday to be working the gift shop, but this is great. So I shopped around a little bit. We chatted. I said, oh yeah, I'm in town for a convention. They're like, oh, is it the speech one? And I was like, yes. <laughs> and they're like, oh, there were people in here from Australia earlier. And I'm like, yeah, that they were presenting. I remember seeing their names, you know, it, it was just kind of like, it felt storybook, like everybody yeah. knew what was going on. <laughs> and so I said to them, well, where do I go to dinner? Because it's Friday night and everything's booked up. And they pointed me in the direction of um, Cantina Italiana, I think, or something like that. And they're like, it's great. They won't shove you out the door and the food's good. It's not overpriced. I said, I'm sold. So I went down and had a dinner. And it there. was good? Like, it, it was just, oh, it was great. Yeah. Last Boston question. When we were emailing to coordinate this podcast, someone joked about staying up late to do the Paul Revere ride. <laughs> so I was just wondering, did you like, yes. did you recreate Paul no. Revere's ride at however early in the morning? I was on part of the Freedom Trail, but not yeah. uh, specifically doing the whole trail. Have you done that, Anne? I don't. I didn't ask. So interesting you should say it because I just got done reading the John Adams biography by David McCullough, the one that was made into the miniseries with Paul Giamatti, and in it, you know, he talks about that that ride, and it wasn't just Paul Revere. You know, it was a couple of guys panning out across the area, the region at the time. And so I had done that walk before the Longfellow Bridge and the poem, um, this is my children and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. Well, Paul Revere wasn't the only one. So <laughs> it's, it's interesting because at the time the countryside was much smaller. The area of Boston hadn't been re-engineered with all the rest of the area that actually the convention center was on. So I loved being able to walk in those old areas, the North End, uh, and see, okay, so this is where Paul Revere actually had to take a boat first across the Charles River and go to a, a colleague across the way who had his fastest horse waiting and he hopped on that horse to do his route through Cambridge where we were staying in our hotel. So we didn't have to walk it literally to be in it because we were already staying and walking around in that area of Boston. Um, and it makes, it made that history come to life for me in a way that I hadn't ever since before reading the book that I, I recommend that book and miniseries because it's it's about all of us. It's about how we got here and and why we are Americans and why we have more in common than we have differences. So it was a life-changing experience. And then to be in Boston for that, it was very, very cool. Okay, enough of my... <laughs> My so, serious part. <laughs> so no, we're not reenacting Paul Revere's All right. right I now. didn't know if yeah, you stayed up till three AM and did some like Paul Revere cosplay or anything like that. Not Maybe this time, another. but not we'll this. About it for Maybe next time. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we go, and uh oh by the way, I don't think there's ever been an episode of the Live Better Longer podcast that has covered this much territory. 
<laughs> we've had a PT on who interviewed a patient. We've talked holidays. We've talked Boston. We've talked the ASHA convention, APTA, CSM. I mean, this is this is the Imagine way. <laughs> a speech therapist who like to talk. Imagine that. <laughs> I mean, this is the way. This is the way to end a season. Talk about a season finale. So before we go, what will you be doing to celebrate the holidays? And I know this could veer off into a whole other podcast, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just some so, some broad strokes. Real, real quick, real quick. Um, I have the sisters who live on the West Coast, and for the first time in, a, in many years, they're coming out here. So I get to hang out with my sisters for uh, Christmas. I'm coping to chop my tree down this weekend, and between... Allentown, South Whitehall, where I live, and just over the river in New Jersey, we're going to be hanging out with friends and family for about two weeks of summer. Nice. Celebration. That's nice. Yeah. Maureen? Well, cool. uh, I will be local. I hosted Thanksgiving. We host Thanksgiving at my house, so we'll be at my parents' house for Christmas. Uh, but we're starting our decoration process on Saturday. We got the tree, and the kids are excited. I have almost eight-year-old, almost four-year-old girl and boy. So, it, you know, it's that very fun and exciting time of the year for the kids because they're still all into it. My daughter made this huge Christmas ball with um, these are my Christmas wish list items and it's like laptop and phone. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know if, we, if we're if we ready for this yet. Uh, but, but, you know, she's super excited. We'll, we'll pare down the list a little bit. So, you know, Christmas shopping, we have a lot of different Christmas parties that annually happen. My husband and I enjoy going to, and um, hopefully we'll get to some of them. Um, but just like being together and trying not to, I remember on a podcast before you said something about like, beating December or winning at December. <laughs> December always gets you. And I, December, feel that way too. I say December is so undefeated. I, I would like to strive towards that this December to beat well. December. Yes. Yes. Good luck. <laughs> you too. <laughs> I, like I said, I've never beaten it. So hence it is undefeated. <laughs> All right. Well, lots listen. of sports, lots of uh, football and uh, and sports too this month. So yeah, as a as an old uh, as a, a ten year Patriots fan, I'm feeling the pain that the old Eagles fans used to feel <laughs> when they. <laughs> so now I get it. It's been swapped. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Don't be a stranger in 2024. Will do. Yeah, okay. and you have one under your belt. You have two more to catch up to Maureen. I think she can handle it. Come to get you, Maureen. <laughs> well, enjoy, enjoy your holidays. You as well. You yes, I, I will try my best. So for uh, Maureen Colkett and Moranchik and Caitlin McGeary, my name is Jim Shear, and we will see Yins next year. <laughs> <laughs>